0: Let's take a moment. We've been uh, working through, and uh, this is uh, the second to the last message in this area, so please stay close with me uh, tonight. But I want to take a moment. Let's go back and reflect again on this subject I need more. And um, I want to pick it up down at verse 18. Um, Well, yeah, verse 18. And let's move from there down to verse 23. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness <clears throat> pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show compassion, that is love and kindness, on whom I will show compassion but he said, You cannot see my face, no, for no man shall see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me. You shall stand there on the rock. And while my glory is passing by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and protectively cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. We've been dealing now, this is the sixth iteration of this message, I Need More. And one of the things that has captured my attention is the fact, as I pointed out last week, of Moses' desire to be closer to God. But what really got me was something that I think you all ought to be aware of, And that is the fact that there are various levels of our relationship with God. Uh, I don't want to say this in such a way that anybody leaves here talking about you ain't on my level. Uh, Because, you know, that's how folk will treat good information. I don't care what, um, what high school you go to. If you enter any high school, most of them will have at least three levels. And nowadays, four, starting with freshman year. Some schools don't have freshmen, they just have sophomores, juniors, and seniors all into the same building, but not all at the same level. But even within the same grade level, there are levels there, where that the levels that would be there that some people who would be in that system, in that same class, at that same grade, may be taking AP courses, doing in preparation for college, and some may be so excelling in such a way that they're taking specialized education courses in general, because there are different levels. I don't know about you, I took uh, music appreciation when I was in school, and when I took music appreciation back in Alabama, uh, it was very wonderful course, very rudimentary course, but it was the kind of course that really taught you, I find in my later years, to appreciate music so that I can listen now to a piece of music and I can pick out every instrument. I'm not not teasing when I say that. I mean, I can tell you the difference between a trombone and an oboe. I can hear it. I can hear it very, very clearly. I can hear the various voices of the saxophone. I can hear them very closely. I can hear, when when I hear a guitar play, I can tell whether that's being played on a bass guitar or whether someone is playing chords on a piano because I can hear it. That's what music appreciation was all about, so that we could appreciate music and therefore appreciate sound. And many people leave those classes becoming somewhat audiophiles. In, in that I mean they, they love the sound of music so well that they want to hear it at its clearest level. Sometimes I'm listening to music and it sounds muffled to me and no one else feels like it's muffled. And I'm like, can't you hear that? Why, how can you miss that? How can you not hear that? That's not clear. There's a difference when you listen to, to sound between an open back headphone and a closed back one. One allows sound to escape, one keeps sound all in, because there are different levels, different ways. Well, while I took that class, and I, I, I definitely hold it with great appreciation, get, it expanded my, my thoughts about music and the jazz and the blues and all of the genres, because, you know, I went to college straight gospel. And uh, so I needed a little expansion because in my house, mama didn't let you even watch Soul Train unless you got up early on Saturday morning, snuck in the room, put it down real low and held the rabbit ear up so you could catch the Don Cornelia starting up Soul Train. There was no MTV back there for you young folk. So, so I needed to be expanded. But what's interesting is while I took and received much out of that class, none of the band members and none of the people who were music majors were allowed to take that class. Because they weren't allowed to come in and get that basic level, because it was already assumed that they knew that. Instead, they were taking music theory. They were writing notes. So when they heard the note, it wasn't that they could distinguish between instruments, it was that they could distinguish between notes. And so they would hear a piece of music, and then they would have to literally write down the music the way it's supposed to be, each chord for each part, and then the band would play it. Some of you who watch the Drumline know exactly what I'm talking about. The young man could play real well by ear, but he refused to learn how to read. Well, that's their le- there are different levels. There are different levels. Had a buddy of mine come one time, and uh, you, you all remember, you probably remember him. He's a great organist, and, uh, but he plays pipe organs. So he's used to at least a three-manual pipe organ, and so when he looks at a Hammond, he, he, he doesn't look with disdain, but it's not his favorite instrument. Because if you want to see his full gift, he needs a manual pipe organ to really stretch out. We, we invited Adwatigan Pratt here, a famous concert pianist. So we were having him come here to the church. Some of you might remember this. We had him come to the church, and uh, when he was coming, they sent his management came by to see our piano. And he took one look and said to those that were bringing him that uh, that's not going to work. We had to go out, and we had to go and get a piano, a concert, piano for the maestro to come play. And if you hear what he could do on a major concert piano compared to what we do on a regular piano, it was amazing because there are different levels. I don't know. um, Some of you have probably been caught up watching and uh, paying attention to this big security problem that's going on where our president has taken back the security clearances of people. And there are some people who in the White House who just recently got their clearances. Some are very low level, some at a higher level. Because, see, you could have a security clearance, but it doesn't mean you can walk in everywhere. Some stuff is so deep, so top secret, that you can't get into that situation room unless you have a security clearance at the highest level. I say all that to suggest to you today that we need to make sure we are consciously aware of the fact that some of us have allowed ourselves to get to a level in God where we're comfortable, but we're not seeking. We're comfortable with our relationship with God, but we're not trying to get it deeper. We're not really asking for the more. We're just asking for the stuff. We want God's hand. We don't want God's face. If you notice, Moses does not ask for anything from God's hand. Moses asks to see God's face. And some of us only want to get to the level where we can make requests of God and have God deliver on our requests and make our our blessings all here for us and give us what we want, meet the desires of our heart. But there's another level in God that you can and really ought to obtain to and seek to obtain, and that is a level where you want to be with God for God's own sake. That you want to be intimate and close with God because you want to be close with God. Not for what you can get from him, but because you want to be in his presence. You want to know him. You want to know what God is doing. And I think that a part of what this, 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 this text kind of opens up to us is the issue of access. Because what Moses was asking, he says, I want access to the very essence of you. I want access to that, to that intimacy with you. That that relates to time and place. I want to be able to meet you at a time and in a place. I want to have spatial intimacy. I want to share your space with you. I don't know about you, but have you ever got around people, some people just get in your space? They just talk too close to you, just want to sit all up on you. Come in late and push over on you. You, you, just, you understand? You just just you don't just be up in your space. You gotta know. God. <laughs> Moses wanted to have a relationship with God where he could be in God's private space. I want to be where other folk don't maybe not want to be. I want to be close to you. I want to be where I can hear your voice, where I can get your message, where I can know your word. That's where I want to be at. I want to be with you. Now, if I were to to talk to those levels again, I would make a suggestion to you that there were levels even around there in that congregation. Because, see, some people were content with the vicarious relationship they had with God through Moses. Vicarious meaning it wasn't theirs, but through him they experienced it. And sometimes it's okay to have a vicarious relationship, but it's not the ultimate. Sometimes you got to have it for yourself. Sometimes you got to be close for yourself. Sometimes, you know, you know it's, it's cool to have somebody make the call for you to somebody important, but you'd like sometimes to have a phone number yourself. To be, to be able to, that, that, I want direct contact. Can I just, can I, can I hook you up? Can, I, can we get, get a conversation? See, what, what we have, listen, there were people who sought the Lord who were worshipers. Notice the Bible says, and all those who sought the Lord, you read in the text, came out and they were at their tents and they watched Moses as he went into the tent of meeting. Those that sought the Lord, they were worshipers. And I tell you, there's nothing wrong, absolutely nothing wrong with being a worshiper. But don't allow your worship to be around the temple only. Don't allow your worship to be where people can see you only. Only. So you're in church and you're a great worshiper. You lift your hands in church. You pray in church. You weep in church. You may cry in church. But but you have no prayer life outside of church. And there's some of us that are worshipers, but we're worshipers in the public square. And, And let's be clear now, it's the public square where other worshipers are. It's not the public square where the actual public may be at. Because see, some of our coworkers don't even know we go to church. Some of your coworkers don't even know you know who the baby Jesus is. You 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 are you a closet Christian. You think you in the CIA, you in the secret service of the Lord. You MI6. You massage. you know, you just you got that secret thing going on. Yeah, you be saying, secret lover. No, if you're going to be a worshiper, be a worshiper. Be a worshiper. But not only were there worshipers, which kind of made up the congregation, but there was also, and, and I'm not at my point yet, I'm, just, I'm still introducing where I'm going, so stay with me. There was also the weary workers. The weary workers, they were worshipers too, but they were weary workers. And, and I know you, you, probably, you probably didn't see that. The only reason Aaron goes along with the plan for the golden calf is he's wearied. He's wearied. You make bad decisions when you get wearied. You make bad choices. People can misdirect you when you get wearied. And somebody, some of us in church now are, are on the verge of burnout. And we're on the verge of burnout, not because we're not trying to do the Lord's will, but we're trying to do the Lord's will while listening to the voices of other people. And people are talking in our spirit, talking down our faith talking against that which we know is right, keeping us from holding on and proclaiming truth because we hear their truth and we begin to internalize their truth and so we lose the truth that we know because we start receiving the lie that seems to be the loudest voice. Just because they're loud doesn't make them right. Just because there are many doesn't make them right. I don't care how loud and how numerous they may be. It doesn't mean that they're right. They can say what they want to say. They can talk about you. But you have to remain. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. Yeah, yeah, this, the wearied worker, was also the worshiper best represented by Aaron. But then there's that worker who was a worshiper best represented by Joshua. I don't know, maybe you saw it, it's in the text. The text suggests that when Moses went to the tent, Joshua was there. Notice, if you will, in chapter 33, Joshua says nothing, there are no words from him. Nothing. He proclaims nothing. The text really wants you to know how close Moses and Joshua were so that you would understand why Joshua gets to be the leader later on. I want you to understand. How he gets into the position he's in because they are close, but they're not just close as brother to brother, a man to man, or, or or as armor bearer. No, 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 no. They're close because Joshua's heart is a heart for God and the things of God. So when Moses goes in, Joshua said, "You going in? I'm going in too. You you praying? I'm praying." Matter of fact, if you decide to stop praying, I'm still praying. Go to verse 11. Verse 11, chapter 33, verse 11. And so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his attendant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. I'm not going anywhere whether it's in your service or the service of the Lord. I got my, I'm holding my part down. I'm holding my part down. I'm holding my part down. You know, hard, hard to put it like this. God rewards loyalty. God rewards loyalty. God, God rewards faithfulness. Moses, Moses, you're going to pray? We're we going to pray. You know, This is going to sound ugly, but anybody that saw Django will know exactly what I mean. If you didn't see Django, you won't get that. But some of us mimic better the slave mentality related to our bosses and everybody else. Master, we sick. Y'all come on back, come on back. I'm trying to help somebody here. We can identify with people in the flesh. Man talking about team today, talking about Los Angeles Lakers. Woody was talking about his team. He said, this is my team. Well, we, we on the way back. So they challenged him, said, Woody, what do you mean? We on the way back, you're not on the team. That's my team. We are." He identifies so greatly with his team that it's we. Let me help you, some of y'all. Somebody say something about Shiloh? Yeah, child, I know that Shiloh. Them folk over there, cause we have a hard time with identifying with worshipers, but we will identify with athletes. We, we have a hard time of identifying with somebody that's going in and doing something radical. Because, see, he's going in praying, cloud speaking, hearing voices that you can't hear, seeing stuff you can't see, telling you what God said. You, we have a harder time identifying with that. We can identify with folk in the street. Our mentalities are so secular that we don't even realize when relationship with one another and with the Word and worship is imperative. Joshua was a worshiper and a worker. We we know for sure that he was that because he was all that. But then finally, under those things, as I might conclude this little bit of introduction for this last segment of our sermon series, We have Moses, who was a witness and a worshiper. He was also a worker. What do you mean, Reverend? Well, he wanted to witness the things of God. He wanted to worship at the feet of God, but he was willing to work on behalf of God. And somehow, 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 you and I have got to get to the place where we want to be, can I change my order? Worshippers, witnesses, and workers. That's where we need to be at. That's where we need to be at. And the reason I don't get weary when I'm doing it is because I'm doing it for the Lord and it is the joy of the Lord that is my strength. So Reverend, what is it tonight? What is it tonight you want somebody to take home? I'm glad you asked. Moses had two requests of God. But he only had one thing he was trying to have happen in his life. Among the many that I've named, but one for tonight. Two requests of God. The first of which was he wanted God to give him a specific revelation. A specific revelation. Yeah. God, show me your glory. He specifically asked God for that experience. He asked God, this is what I'd like to have. Now, generally in Scripture, you do not see a lot of places where people request theophanies. What is a theophany, you ask? A theophany is a manifestation of God to humankind. That's the textbook definition. It's a manifestation of God, visible, physical, to humankind. Moses requests a theophany experience. He requests God to allow him to physically and visibly see his glory. God, I've got a special request. I need a specific revelation. I, I want you to get this in your spirit. There's nothing wrong with asking God specifically for what you need. Doesn't mean you're going to get it. There's nothing wrong with asking for it. Nothing wrong with asking for it. You know, sometimes I think, I think some of us almost act like we're scared of God. Sometimes you have not because you ask not. Amen. I was praying about something the other day, and uh, you know, I was just saying, "Lord, can I, can I do so on this thing? can I, can I get this?" And, and the Lord, it was almost as though he, he didn't say this, but this' is how I felt like he felt, Boy, don't you be bothering on stupid like that? If you want to get it, that's what way I thought about it. I, that, that's the impression he left in my spirit. like, Like, this is not pray-worthy. You don't, you don't need... and, and, And sometimes, sometimes we don't realize the freedom we have in God that God has for us. But we also don't realize how to utilize that freedom to get from God what we need. And Moses needed God to prove God's self to him. Now, It's important that I say this because the text offers this to us. Go back to the text because we need to read it together. You need to see this. I'm I'm not drawing this out of my own spirit. If you go back, verse 11 says, So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Now, bro, man, if you already have this face-to-face dialogue, why are you asking to see the glory? Why are you asking, why are you, why are you asking for something different, something else? And and I honestly believe this, and get this. Moses needed a manifestation that was greater than his previous experiences with God because he realized the heinousness of the crime committed against God by the people of God in creating the statue. And he wanted a manifestation greater so that he would know that God was yet present, not just To him, but for the people. Y'all missed it. In other words, I need to know that you have not, I know you haven't left me because I'm still talking to you. But we're talking about what you're going to do for them. So I need to know that we're on the same, I need something specific that I can point to you have done. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I need, God, I, I know you're still there. I, can I walk down somebody's street right now? See, because see, there's somebody here right now. You've been praying, you know you've been praying, you know you've been heard, but every now and then, you need to have a fleece before God that says, I need this from you. I I know, I I know I heard your voice. I know I heard your voice, Lord. and, and, And I should be able to run on your voice alone. But God, right now, I've been through a lot. Got a lot of stuff going on. I need something a little bit extra. I need a, I need a little more. I need, I need this. God, I know. I know you're there. I'm not trying to say you're not there. I've been reading your word. I know you're there. I've been praying. I know you are there. I know you're real. But God, in this particular case, in this situation, while I'm crying these tears, while I'm going through this heartache, while I'm going through this pain, while I'm going through this trial, while I'm dealing with this tragedy, God, in this specific instance, I need a little more. I need a little more. I need, I, need, I, need, I need you to show me something. I need a manifestation that's going to, going to rock my world. Show me something. Show me something more, God. I, I, I don't, I don't want to think that, that I'm just talking to myself. I don't want to think that I'm having these illusions in my own mind. So would you show me something? Because, second thing. Moses says, I need special reassurance. Ah, I need a specific revelation, but I need special reassurance. Lord, if you're not going to go, I don't want to leave this place I'm in right now. Right now, While this is not the best place in the world, my enemies are not upon me. Right now, while this is not the the best place for raising families and grazing cows, right now I'm not under any threat. So I'm not leaving this right here without a special reassurance that you're going to be with me out there. Because once I leave here, I know where I'm at right now. I know where I'm standing right now. I know the foundation upon which I'm on right now. I know in this holy mountain, you have spoken to me. I know where you are right now with me in this place, but I don't know what is in the wilderness. And when I leave this spot, I'm not going on a paved pathway. I'm going into the wilderness. When I leave this spot, I got to cut down some brush. I got to cut through some brittle and grime. I got to get through some things. God, I need to know that when I leave this place, that I'm not going by myself. Don't have enough men to fight. Don't have an army really ready. I, I need a special assurance. I, I, I need you to reassure me that, that something good is going to happen, that, that the blessing of the Lord is going to make rich and add no sorrow. I need to know that you're going to walk with me right now. I'll go. I ain't scared, but I need to we'll go if you let me know you're going with me. I want to know you're going with me. I want to know you're going with me. Don't want to leave here by myself. And let me help somebody here. You listen to me closely. I told you it's really okay for you to ask for a special revelation. And I, I, I want to tell you this, that it's not, it's not God's normal way of doing things. It's not how God would prefer to do it. But, but if he just had to show you something, he would show you what you need to see to prove himself to you. God, God would rather you to trust his still small voice. But every now and then you get in the jam. I need your special reassurance, and I close with this one. This is my last point for the night. See the reason I need a specific revelation and special reassurance is I need you to help me to strengthen my resolve. What do you mean, Reverend? Strengthen your resolve. My resolve is my confidence. Anybody ever been in a place of belief, unbelief? No, be honest with me. Anybody ever been in a place of belief, unbelief? Where, where you believe, but yet doubt keep whispering in your ear? Can he really do it? Will this ever be fixed? Is now forever? Will I always go through this trial? Lord, you promised. I haven't seen it yet. Will it come to pass? Am I going to get a breakthrough? Are you going to deliver? Lord, I know what you did last year, but this is this year. God, am I going to be able to make it? Lord, can I handle this trial? Can I deal with this tragedy? Can I deal with my pain? God, I, I know you're with me and I believe, but my humanity keeps creeping in on me and causing me to have a tinge of unbelief. I'm 90% there, but I really would just like you to push me over the top and fill my cup and let it overflow. I'm right there on the edge. I'm 90% there, I really do believe. And if I gotta go on my 90, I'll go on my 90. But, but if you could just fill my cup and let it overflow, I feel a little better if you just me, help me get my resolve up. Help me where I got my confidence up so that I'll go marching into the wilderness not worried about what may be there. Come what may, my answer will still be yes. Come what may, it's still yes. Come what may, it's still yes. And God, if you strengthen my resolve, strengthen my confidence so that I can stand boldly in my faith and trust you through see-nothing days, when I can't see, let me see you. Come on, give him a praise.